Hi guys, welcome to Off Topic Podcast. This is episode three. My name's Adam Roberts. My name's Jordan Vidal. And I'm Danny Campion. Unfortunately for this episode, um, Mal Thomas can't be with us, unforeseen circumstances, so it's only me, Danny and Jordan. But anyway, as a, as a group, we decided this week we would focus on our mental health. Originally, we were a bit hesitant on the topic. Um, it could be a bit sob story-ish and we felt that it might not have been the right choice. But we've come to a conclusion now that um, if we spoke about our experiences and our issues that we had and how we got through them, it could actually help someone who's listening to this that maybe is struggling currently or they're afraid to speak out or they, they can't make that step yet. And if they hear maybe situations that we've been through and what we've experienced, then it could actually help someone. So this is the reason why we decided to go ahead with this episode today. Um, so you guys agreed on the same thing as well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think, um, obviously, we've, I mean, you guys know me better than anyone else. I think um, I'm obviously pretty much a very private guy in terms of emotions sort of thing. I keep that all within, obviously, within myself. Um, and I think, obviously, a lot of people do the same. So I think it's a good, obviously, a good reason that we're doing this mental health podcast. Obviously, put it out there for other people that are, are listening. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. Yeah. I originally was the same case as well, Jordan. Um, you know, as you know, in the group, I was a bit, uh, hesitant doing this I spoke to my mum and that and she said uh, it could be a help just start speaking about it uh, it's a bit it's a bit out of comfort zone as well for me anyway but um, it's good to get out there uh, in case people are watching or viewing and they they take it on take notes on board um, how to get through these situations but Danny uh, what about you? Yeah no it's brilliant I'm, I'm personally I'm proud that we're doing it um, it's a it's a topic that's really close to my heart personally. I've had a couple of friends um, pass away through, you know, suicide and stuff. Um, and it's been something that has sat with me for most of my adult life um, where it's more than just uh, you being down and being mm. upset. It's, uh, range of different things and it's for me personally I'm strong mentally I've always been really really strong mentally mm. that was my downfall when I was feeling shit say mm. because I didn't feel like I needed to speak or I wanted to speak um, and I think you'll find with most people who do have issues um, it's the people that you don't expect to have them literally yeah. it's the complete opposite mm. You know, you know me, I'm always full of you know, laughs and energy and all that. And that was no different when I was struggling. So it's very difficult for, for people to, to see that in somebody who doesn't, doesn't allow you to see it. Yeah. So for somebody listening here or, or somebody that maybe has a friend that they're worried about, some of the things that we say may trigger some sort of clue in their head to say, oh, actually, that makes sense my mate does this and you know, that might get them to give them a text mm. for me. It's about people understanding what it is and not being afraid to not be okay and not to shy away from speaking about it mm. personally. Mm. That's the biggest issue is that we, we don't want to address it. Yeah. yeah. I think now, obviously this is probably one of the most perfect times to put out something obviously about mental health with the lockdowns that we've had and everything else. Um, and people obviously going through whatever they need to. Um, 
and I think it is obviously literally just making sure that you know if you if you if you see or if you if you experience someone that is obviously have some sort of issues, then just sending them a text. It's not so much pushing them into talking or anything like that. It's just one of those comfort texts is just so that they know, they know that mm. they're not alone and that they've got you know they've got someone if they needed to. Because um, obviously yeah. we can't you know we can't force anyone to say anything that they don't want to say, and I think that's obviously the main problem is that you can't force someone to say. Uh, what's on obviously what's on their mind you have to kind of wait for them to to be able to be ready um, and they've got to feel ready in order to come forward and obviously um, come to people and ask for help a lot of it is is that support though mm. um because a lot of people don't feel like they have support mm. and for me personally it was knowing that I had people to kind of fall into mm. around me a lot of people they might have best friends and girlfriends and wives, but they don't feel like they have that support there because they can't let that side show to these people mm. because you're vulnerable. When, when you're in that state, it's a state of vulnerability that gets you out of it. If mm. you don't make yourself vulnerable, you're not, you're not going to come out of it because it's the thoughts of people maybe being showing pity on you. Mm. You don't want people to see you as weak. You don't yeah. want people to, to pity you. Me personally, I'm like, I don't need anyone's pity. You know? Mm. But at the end of the day, that's the state of mind that you're in at the time. And it's not it's not that at all. If one of you one of you came to me and said, Look, I'm feeling shit, mate, I'm not gonna look at you and say, Oh, you poor creator. You know, mm. I'm gonna say, Shit, what do you need? What can we do? What's up? You know? But you don't think like that at the time. But I was gonna say, there is I know there's been there's been times where that's actually happened where someone has been ready to open up to another person. And they've just replied with that, obviously that reply that you just said, like, you know, I'll just chin up, you know, you'll be all right sort of thing. Mm. And mm. it's like that. And that, yeah. The difference. But in terms of that though, it's, that's also not peeps, people not understanding these hints. Right. Mm. And the thing is, it's crazy because when I was going through my thing, my missus is the closest person to me and she had no clue what I was going through. No clue. Mm. Even though I was dropping hints, I'd have I'd have days where I couldn't go to bed, and uh, you know she she just look at me and not her fault. She say lazy shit like you know staying in bed all day, mm. and I just say I'm just having a bad day, and to her that didn't mean anything because it, there's nothing wrong with me. Yeah. I'm not telling her there's anything wrong with me. I'm still myself mainly, you know. But it's just things like that. They're little subtle hints that to me I felt like I was giving out hints and telling people there's something wrong, there's something wrong with me mm. without actually saying it. And I that's that, that's yeah. how I was. I think that's the issue. And I think the, 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 the problem is as well is it's making that first step to like fully mm. say to someone, I need help. Mm. Um, mm. And I think as humans, we have this like, it's like we have, a, it's like picture is a castle. We have this wall around ourselves to protect us mm. and we don't like anything coming in, in, in the wall. Um, yeah. So I think once you actually go out and you make that step to, to get help, that's when you that's when you sort of see a change um and i think what's good about this episode is me you and uh and george's all different different people uh mm. different personalities and we've i think i think i guess I, I don't know about you guys but we've obviously been through different things so um obviously this episode will help towards people who are struggling yeah. looking at, yeah so different I don't know insight what, absolutely what you went through danny but um i thought the best thing we could do with this episode is um, we each go through what we've been through and and sort of discuss mm. how we, how we managed to get out of that situation and how it how we got help. Um, 
and I think that's the best way to go cool. forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So no I problem. don't know what, yeah, yeah. what happened with you, Dan, but if you want to... Yeah, man, I'm happy to share, absolutely. Um, so with me, uh, I guess it would have been... I would have been at my worst, my lowest, when I first moved to London about a couple of years in. Mm. Um, and it was a combination of things. It was... Uh, I was working at a pub for six ninety an hour. I was working 60, 70 hours a week and getting paid fuck all money. Um, paying extortionate rent, you know, uh, doing unsociable hours, um, having no life outside of it. I wasn't playing football because I was working so much. Um, and it was a case of, I was happy to do that because that's what was needed to be done at the time. I had to come over here um, with my partner so she'd go to uni and that was just what needed to be done. However, it, there, there, there was a certain point when it was like, I'm working my fucking finger to the bone, getting paid shit money, being underappreciated. And it's also not what I want to do. Like, I don't want to work in a pub, but it's what I knew how to do and how to make money. So I accepted it and it just got worse and worse in terms of I hated waking up in the morning because all I was doing was waking up, feeling shit going into work, putting on a face for everyone because when you work in a bar, you have to be a people person, you have to be happy, you have to be this. And then working your 12-hour shift, coming home at the end of the night and facing myself again that night. And what I was doing was staying up all night, drinking cans of Monster because I didn't want to sleep. Anytime I went to bed, I overthought I couldn't sleep. I was twisting and turning. Mm. And it's the overthinking that gets you because it leads into a spiral. Um, I had no getaway. I had no getaway. We were in a tiny little room in Putney. We were house sharing with people who we didn't like, <laughs> you know, um, and it, it was just a clusterfuck of everything. And yeah. at the time that was, that wasn't, I di- I knew something was wrong. I didn't know what it was. And it never crossed my mind once that I was say in a bad mental state because I'm Danny Campion. I don't get mm. bad mentally. I'm mentally strong. Mm. I've been brought up as, to be able to face anything. Um, and I wouldn't admit it to myself, you know? Uh, and it's difficult. It's difficult. For me as well, it was a lot of... Um, I under... I, in my... When I was being brought up, I wanted to become a footballer, of course, as all young lads do. Um, so when the realisation came about that I wasn't going to be a professional footballer, that hit me really fucking hard. Mm. Really hard. Mm. Um, and I used to make excuses. I used to say, you know, uh, I did, I got fucked up in my ankle and stuff, but I'm saying to myself, that's that's me making an excuse for myself. And I used to blame other things and begrudge. Uh, a lot of it came down to just me being disappointed in myself. Um, and hating myself for underachieving, for not achieving what, what you what you should have achieved. Um, and the realisation of not achieving what you want to be when you're young is very, very difficult to handle because I have nothing else. I have no qualifications. I, I didn't know what else I wanted to do in my life. Is working in a pub going to be my, my lifestyle now? Is this my career? Mm. Um, so... It's uh, It was a combination of things. I went through like eight jobs, eight different pubs because I was just unhappy. I kept, you know, having fights with managers and stuff. And yeah, I, I used to blame them, but really the problem was me. I just wasn't happy. When and you, that put a lot of stress. Yeah, sorry, bro. When, do you, when did you think, when was the moment that you, you realised that you like fully had to make a change or 
you had a, like um, an issue, I guess. I didn't. I didn't mean to, <laughs> if mm. I'm honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's crazy. It's going to be hard for a couple of people, especially my mum, if listening. But when I was in that rut, I used to stay up all night just drinking Monster, playing PlayStation or something, because that was my getaway. My, you know, I I, I didn't have to think. Um, but most of them nights, I, when I got to the latter stage of how I was feeling, I used to think of ways of how to kill myself. Yeah. Mm. And that that's it sounds fucking really shit, but that was the place that I was in at the time. And the only thing, if I'm honest, that saved me was thinking of my mum and having my partner there. Um, because I was going to do it, hundred percent. I was going to do it. I had it in my head. And the only thing that stopped me was knowing that my partner and my mother would be heartbroken. Mm. And it literally, it was, and do you know what? It's a split second. It's a split second between them decisions. Yeah. yeah. It really is. There's a thin line between living and dying when you're in that state because some people don't think of that or don't have that in their life. Yeah, the so they, they don't have that realization. I did. I'm very, very lucky. I did. But you know what's um, crazy about it though is mm. even thinking about obviously your mum and your girlfriend or wife, mm. um, there's still that sort of bit inside of you that really feels like that it still doesn't matter yeah 100 percent. which is crazy I, it's it's a you for me i didn't think about that until i literally felt like i wanted to do it yeah if that makes sense while, while i'm thinking like, and it's cr- even crazy to say it because it sounds so shit but literally i was i literally would stay up all night and just think how would i do it if i was going to do it mm. It's crazy. Like, that's yeah, horrible. It it's really horrible. And it's hard to hear for some people. I know that's going to be listening, but it's the truth. And this is, this is the place that you get into, you know? Um, and it's funny. It was, uh, I started, it was my missus who got me into an Irish team over here. Um, and a friend from back home, he recommended <clears throat> a football team. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Um, and it's an Irish football team in London called UCC Diaspora. Um, and, I joined that, started playing, and straight away, it just completely changed the balance in my life. Um, I was still really unhappy, but I had that getaway with people who I understood from, you know, Irish people. They understood me. They welcomed me. And it was with that team, cutting a long, long story short, it was a team night out after we won a cup or something. And uh, I was, we were really drunk, but I just started bursting out crying to one of my teammates. I, I don't remember why or how I was drunk, obviously. Um, and it turned out that the teammate that I was speaking to, he had tried to commit suicide a year before. And he had noticed something with me. He noticed something. Um, don't know what it was, but he, he noticed that. I think it was because I wasn't coming out to socials and stuff like that. I was very um, introvert. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I'm not like that. You know me. I'm always up for coming out and have a few drinks and all that stuff. But I wasn't going to the pub after games, all that type of stuff. Um, and it was just purely down to me just feeling shit after I stopped playing football, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. And he, he said it to me. And I think I just, I can't remember fully, but I just burst out crying. And that's when he opened up to me. And suddenly, by him doing that, I'm not feeling as vulnerable anymore. Because this is somebody who's now told me that they're, they were in the same position as me. Mm. so now i have i have something to relate to you with yeah i know that you've done you've you've felt like i felt before and i know that me 
telling you how I feel, you're going to understand it. And that for me was the biggest fear. If I told my missus or my mom how I felt, they would love me, they would support me, but they wouldn't understand. Mm. They wouldn't fully understand how I was feeling, what I was going through, no matter how well I'd explain it. And the one thing for me was, even now, I find it very hard to put into words of how I felt and what I was going through. There's very, it's very hard to put it into actual words. It's a feeling like you can't explain unless you've mm. been through it. I was literally going to say the same thing. It's, it's really difficult to... You can empathize and sympathize, but you will never fully know yeah. the extent of, of how that person feels unless it's something that you've been through yourself. Um, and for me, the one thing, I, after I went through this, it took a couple of years, but back home, nobody would expect that from me. In, in my town, I'm always, again, energetic and... <clears throat> <clears throat> excuse me, um, energetic and stuff like that. So um, I spoke up about it before on a, on Facebook just because, you know, there's been, there was a lot of depression and stuff back home in, in where I'm from and that. Um, and I put it into words of how I felt and ha- exactly what helped me to get out of it. And honest to God, the amount of messages I got from people saying, you've just explained it in a way that, I couldn't, I could, I, I knew what, what you meant by the words you said. I couldn't explain it myself, but seeing it written down by someone else and knowing that they've gone through it, you've explained it perfectly and it's helped them. So for me, the way I put it was, is that you have to be vulnerable. You have to give up that pride of being strong and being on your own. You have to literally just put yourself in a position to be judged because that's what that's what I feared was being judged for being mm. weak, for being you know a pussy, all that type of stuff. Um, and it's the one thing that stops people from getting help, you know. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my story. Look, it's it's <laughs> a lot. When I look back on it now, it was a lot of stuff that I didn't need to be down about, if I'm honest. Um, and perspective is a is a great that's thing, fair, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, there, there weren't big problems. But in my head, they were, and I just couldn't stop overthinking about it. And the more I thought about it, the worse it got. And then the worse thoughts start coming into your head, mm. you know. Um, and it's it's like horrible. Too. It is, yeah, because you're fighting yourself daily because yeah. you know you're not a piece of shit, but you feel like a piece of shit. Mm. So how do you how do you come to terms with loving yourself again when you think you're a piece of shit? It's very difficult. It's very difficult and it's such a strange topic because people will have different stories and different things that they've done and that help them. And everyone is different. You know, what, what helped me may not necessarily help someone else. But the one thing that I think is very relevant is if somebody is in that position now and they heard somebody else going through the same sort of position, they will feel like they can relate to that and they're not yeah, alone. And that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing for me. Um, so, like I said at the start, I'm really happy that we're doing this because um, I think if it helps one person understand what they're going through, not even necessarily get them out of it, but understand it, mm. then, you know, we've done a really, really fantastic thing um, for someone. And that's what it's all about, personally. You know? um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's my story, man. You know, I've been, I've been thriving since, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, and I think the main thing just, just leaving for me is that you will feel shit again. 
you will have good and bad days. Um, for me, the one thing that gets me through is acknowledging that you're having mm. a shit day and that it's not going to last forever. This isn't a thing where it's back and it's here to stay. It, it's never left. It's still there. You just know it's there now. And you know that's what it's you. Like? It's like it's made you stronger. Yeah. It's made you, it's made, it's made you realize your worth. Yeah. You, this is here. It's a part of me, but it's not going to beat me. It's not going to become me. It's not going to take over me. Yeah. You're, you, you can be as strong mentally. It can break you. But for me, acknowledging that it's there, that it's going to come back that yes, I'm going to have shit days. And on them shit days, I'm going to have some sort of routine that helps me get through that shit day. And knowing that I know I can get through it. No problem. So, that's me anyway, you know. Sorry for getting so no, deep. Good, <laughs> oh, well, Dad, you got through it. Mm, yeah. Um, Vince, what are you saying? Yeah, I think... What are you saying? What have I you got to say on that? It's, it's mad. I think, from my, in my personal opinion, I think obviously there's two that I can think of right now sort of thing, scenarios that, that kind of hit home. Um, I think the first one was, I think, my grand uh, my granddad dying probably about six, I think six, seven years ago. Um, my man fought cancer three times, you know, came back the third time sort of thing. And mm. he already made the decision that, you know, that's going to be it sort of thing. Cause the, the chemo and everything else was just, mm. wasn't sort of an option. Um, so in a sort of mm. way, everyone was, I mean, expecting it, but I suppose you don't really expect it sort of thing. Um, so I can remember the day, the day, mm. the time, everything that I obviously I got the call. Um, I think it was a Monday morning about just after 10 o'clock. Um, my mum, my mum rang me, um, at work, um, and uh, she basically it was quite weird because she answered, she 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 sounded so chirpy on the phone until she had to say what she had to say. Um, so I was mm. like, you, you know, you right, mum? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just thought I'd just let you know, you know, your granddad's died, and I was like, rah, like, but it, that sort of <laughs> when you get that sort of news, yeah. it's like, okay, but I didn't. I, I just kind of thought yeah. to myself, oh, right. Because I remember coming off the phone thinking to myself, right, I, I this, this doesn't make any sense because I don't really feel anything yet. Like, I was so confused. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, went back mm-hmm. to work, went back in the office, and I just sat there. I remember sitting at my desk looking at my computer thinking, hold up. No, I can't. No, I can't be here. I, I can't. Like, there's just literally just overwhelm of just, just feeling. And I was just like, no, I can't be here. So, then I told my boss and I was out the door, like, in a split second. Um, and I went, obviously I went home after that. Um, but the person, obviously the person I was living with at the time, she was away, um, on, uh, looking after a friend, she had kind of urgent business and stuff like that. So she wasn't at home. Um, so I was there by myself sort of thing. Um, and obviously having, I don't, you know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that people have as a normal thing is that I'm kind of the older brother as well. So obviously speaking to my brother and mm. telling him what's happened and, I couldn't then show him, you know, oh shit, like I feel really bad sort of thing. I don't feel good and this stuff like that. Um, but I remember saying to my boss when I left um, that, oh yeah, I'll see you tomorrow sort of thing, thinking, you know, my day will be fine and I'll go, obviously go back the next day sort of thing. I didn't really want to take the piss. Um, so come the next day and no word of a lie, I just couldn't, I just laid in bed and I remember thinking to myself, nah, I can't, I seriously can't do this. So Tuesday went by um you know, you just sit there. I think I just literally just played PlayStation the whole day. And that it was just literally one of those things to kind of escape reality, mm. if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Tuesday yeah. went by and I was like, yeah, no, it's fine. Like, I'll come in. I'll come in Wednesday. You know, I you know, really can't get honey. You're fighting with yourself. Right? I should really go in, you know, the next day sort of thing. I don't really want to be taking a piss. 
uh, come Wednesday, felt exactly the same way. I was like, listen, I, I'm really sorry sort of thing, but I ain't going to come in. Like, There's no way I'm feeling any like good or whatever. Um, but the sort, the, yeah, the sort of feelings I had then were, it was strange because it like it didn't hit me till I was with myself. So when I see people, see my nan, my mum, and all that sort of that, all those sort of people, I was like, yeah, no, it's really bad news, sort of thing. And I would comfort them because that because I was obviously the oldest son or the oldest grandson, obviously to my nan. It was kind of my responsibility to comfort them to make sure that they're all right because I'm kind of known as the person that's always positive as such. Um, so it was kind of that. So then once obviously I was then pulled away from that that situation and then I was at home by myself that's when it all started like when all the feelings just come like rushing back and you're kind of sitting there with all these feelings all these thoughts everything and obviously the main four main ones are going oh i wonder if i you know if I, i'm sure he i wonder if he was proud of me sort of thing and the stuff that i did and oh you know those sorts of maybe i should have spent mm. more time with him and all these sort of things going through your head and you've got all these feelings mm-hmm. going through and everything else um but for me i think i for me as closure so it, long story short I, I basically took a whole week off work because I needed it, and I've never, I've never sort of been like that sort of person to kind of let it get the better mm. of me, if that makes sense. So that week was just like, yeah, no, nah, literally yeah. broke off the whole week. Um, but for me, was the closure was was his uh, was his funeral, and I tell people, I tell people, everyone, like I know it sounds it sounds bad, but his funeral was one of the proudest moments of my life, and it was such a good closure for me. Mm. It was so, so for obviously mm. me and my brother was uh, kind of old enough at the time to obviously hold the coffin and stuff like that. So we did that. That was our job. Um, and then my nan come up to me and was like, oh, do you want to speak? Like obviously during a ceremony sort of thing um, and, and say a few words and have a story and stuff like that. So she obviously offers it to me and me and my brother. And I was like, yeah, I'm, not, you know, I'm happy to do that sort of thing. That'd be wicked. Um, and uh, my brother was bang on it as well. Um, and I remember, I remember I was sitting there and I had the best story. I had the, when I tell you I had the best story, I had the best story. Um, and yeah, me and my brother sat there and then obviously the, the, the guy says his bit and everything else, like laying to rest and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then he obviously asked family to say their bits and everything else. So my nan went up and obviously everyone was in tears and I made it a point that there's no way I'm going to go up there and not. Like for me, there's, there's, I, I know funerals are, are seen as a bad sort of, you know, everyone should be down and everything else. But for me, it was like whenever I go to a funeral, it's like there has to be some sort of celebration for that person's life. Like mm-hmm. yeah. that's it. It's a celebration so of life. Thought, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna come up with the most funniest story that I can say, that and I'll have the whole room, the whole room rocking. So I went mm-hmm. up there, and I ain't gonna. I, I'll tell you the story now because I'm sure a lot of people will laugh at this as well. Um, so, um, mm-hmm. so we went on a caravan holiday once, yeah. And uh, my granddad bought these uh, walkie-talkies because we had two caravans. So one family in one, the other obviously in the other, yeah. So he bought these walkie-talkies <laughs> so that we can talk. This is obviously before mobile phones, bear in mind. <laughs> um, mm. <laughs> How old are you, man? <laughs> Showing your ears, man. Um, Sorry, yeah, so go, he, on, go um, on. I remember us getting there and then he pulled out these walkie-talkies. Oh, I'm just going to check. I'm just going to check they're working. I'm just going to go to the edge of the, car- the, the caravan site um, and I'm going to call through. So my uncle was like, yeah, no, nah, it's cool. So we all were, we all were kind of sat there and was like, yeah, no, nah, it's fine. And then my uncle was like, oh, should we pretend to be the police? And you can imagine everyone went, oh, my God, that would be so funny. So obviously, next thing you know now, he's plugged through the, he's got, hello, hello, can you hear me? Can you hear me? 
Then my uncle's grabbed the thing and he says, hi, hi, sir, you've got food to the Metropolitan Police. Um, can we help you with something? Is it emergency? And then there was just silence. Yeah, no word of a lie. It's just silence. The door mm. flung open. My man was sweating. Yeah, come through the door. He was like, no, <laughs> you have no idea. Literally, I just got food to the police. And we was like, no way. And he was like, yeah, I could. these things don't work. He's going, these things don't work. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when, that's brilliant. When I said that, everyone was pissing themselves with the thing. It was so funny. Um, yeah, insight it. into how he was, I guess. And anyone that knew him would relate to that that's as it. well to his character. That is literally, yeah, nice. and that for me was one of the, obviously the best, the sort of best moments for me. Um, obviously, the second one is obviously mm. I think it, the same thing that everyone's going through now is obviously lockdown and everything else, and you've been, I mean, forced to mm. to stick, you know, stick with your thoughts sort of thing in your own mind. Um, whereas before, obviously, you've had work and all sorts of other distractions to be able to take you away from that. I think lockdown now has obviously been, you know, has kind of put a magnifying glass on people's, obviously, people's thoughts mm. and their minds and stuff like that. Um, so for me, obviously, the Christmas the Christmas one was by far the worst for me. Mm. Um, I, mm. I still I still don't understand why to this day, because I'm not I'm not one of these sociable people that goes out left, right and centre, sees people and everything else. I think for me, it was the fact that, you know, that you can say, I think for me that killed me was, yeah, you can go see someone, you can go see everyone, like Christmas, you can be with everyone. Obviously, I'm living on my own at the moment. So it was a case of, you know, oh, Christmas and stuff like that, you can see everyone. So I had my plans to go see my brother, my dad, everyone else. Um, so then for him to come out with a thingy mm. and say, no, you can't do that now, it was like, shit. Mm. So I'm kind of... I think it's the power yeah. of not being able to do it that That's it. that gets everyone. And then, I'm with you. First time I've I've ever spent away from home in Ireland in Christmas. Christmas. It, was, it was weird, yeah, it was man. For, yeah, it was Christmas weird. was it was crazy. So you had all these thoughts, but then you have obviously everyone else that wasn't feeling great about it. Um, obviously having to cancel cancel the plans and everything else. So I was kind of sitting there thinking to myself, like, mm. I don't even think I'm going to be able to. I'm going to end up spending Christmas on my own, like literally on my own sort of thing. Because obviously it's not so it's not so bad. Obviously you live with people and everything else. Um, but then you don't know how. So if I was going to my mum's or I was going to my dad's, you don't know how they're gonna perceive that. They might want to, you know, they might want to follow the rules strictly and stuff like that, uh, and and you know, not be comfortable with that. Um, so for me, that was like I, it. It was running through my brain, thinking, Jesus, like, I'm just gonna be sitting here on Christmas, like that is so shit, sort of thing. Um, so it kind of it did. It obviously did run me into a place that. Proper shit, sort of thing, because you just you're just thinking like, what the stuff, what the hell's next, sort of thing. Um, but for me, see, the turning point mm. for me was I think literally just after Christmas. So I think I went, yeah, I went to my mom's for Christmas, um, had Christmas dinner, and I came back, and I, it's kind of that, that that realization that it, I don't know, it it just can't get any worse. But for me, that was a positive. That was mm. a positive spin on that because it was like, right, it can't get any worse. Mm. So now I need to I need to obviously live yeah. with myself. And it was such a time. It was Obviously, this was the time when I decided that I wanted to take this year literally by the scruff of the neck and make those sort of goals and everything else. Because I thought, you know what? I'm not letting I'm not letting what happened last year happen this year. Like, regardless of what happens, I need to make sure mm. that I'm, yeah. I'm comfortable with myself. I think that was the problem I had for the past six months is that I would it would it forced me to listen to myself and I couldn't get away with it. You could go on trips, you could go walks, you could mm. do this, you can do that. But ultimately, once you come back, you're on your own. Like your mind is always connected to you. Yeah. And I think I never ever dealt with that personally. 
it was always putting on that front and I'm always mm. being seen as the, you know, the positive person. Obviously, I think obviously mm-hmm. the life coaching comes into that and stuff like that because I've got to kind of put out that positive vibe to every everyone and stuff like that. Um, so I think I kind of not use it, but I think it's more, obviously more of a case on that. Um, so if I don't obviously sort myself out, then how can I sort other people out? So I did obviously the last six months have been taking a, mm. obviously a mad sort of view of, you know, sorting myself out um, mentally and stuff like that. Cause yeah, there was some dark places that I went to that, I mean, by f- if I say, if I can admit it now, like I forced myself into those dark places. So when I had bad days, it was real bad days. I mean, I would watch certain things that made, mm. that made me feel shit. I don't know why I did it, but it was like, if I can pull myself out of the darkest hole, I know there's nothing that's going to, that there's nothing that's going to beat me sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. So do you think you went searching for a bitch? Do you think you Bro, done it subconsciously to try and test you know yourself, what? to challenge I, yourself? I mean, like I used to sit there and when I used to have bad days and I, I remember because I used to work like when I was working and stuff like that, it was just a fucking nightmare. But I used to be times where I'd just look at the screen and go, no, nah, I'm not doing this. And I'd lay on the floor and I'd stick on like music that I know will make me feel shit or I watch a video that bare emotional sort of thing. And really? So it's almost, it's almost, it's almost like a, like a it, well, self-torture yeah. sort of thing. Like you, you want, you want yourself, mm. you want yourself to feel that, worse. Yeah. In a way to, yeah. to torture yourself. And I mean, it was one of those cases because I've, I, it wasn't that I never let it get out of control. I think, which was the weirdest thing about it. It was, mm. I knew what I was doing to myself and I accepted the sort of feelings that I was feeling. And I knew where they were going so that I knew I could get back. And I think that's the difference between mm, some people that, that yeah. obviously get to that dark place. Um, it's yeah. But it then spirals, you lose control. Yeah. If you lose control and you're spiraling out, that's when I think. The, the thing, the, the thing about that fits that's interesting is that I've, when yeah. I was in my worst place, I never felt more in control. That's interesting. I've never felt more in control of how I felt when I had decided that I didn't care anymore and that nothing mattered. Wow. So, yeah, <laughs> deep. Yeah. <laughs> but if you if you think about it, all this stuff of hating yourself and overthinking, once you've decided to end it or once you've come to terms with the fact that you're mm. just going to, it's going to end, you are happy. Because you no longer care about it yeah. anymore, you don't think about it, um, and so it's interesting that you that you said that, and um, because they're obviously like we said before, everybody deals with it differently and has different ways of thinking about it. And just when you said that, it did make me kind of realize when I was back in that spot, I was never yeah. happier um, than when I was for them few days when I had decided that I didn't want to live live on this earth anymore. And that's kind of crazy because you've come to terms with, you've come to peace with yourself. Yeah. yeah. You've accepted that it. acceptance. Is it's mad. scary. It's scary. It's, it's scary. Right. But it's also a thing of, it's quite common. Um, I don't know if you, you ever like heard of it before, but somebody who is, who you know of maybe that has been like depressed or, you know, has been in a bad place. All mm-hmm. of a sudden they have a really good day or you see them really, really happy and really, you know, not like what you perceive them to be mm. in a bad in a bad place. Um, most of the time, from case studies, that person then mm. commits suicide a few days later. Yeah, 
because again, it's down to the having no worries. I know I'm going to die in three days and I'm at peace with that. So what have I got to worry about? There's no worries. All that overthinking, all that's gone because I don't have to think about it anymore. It's scary so and it's deep, it is, but it's it true. Planned out that far in advance. See, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know whether I swear. I planned it. I planned it. I actually, it's so shit. And I, I feel sorry for the people that are close to me that are listening, but it's important in my opinion. And obviously I'm not there now and I never will be again. But <laughs> I enjoyed planning it because it was something that was giving me, again, hmm. like hope to not yeah. feel like this anymore. I, it sounds so fucked up, but I would sit up and I would think of what way would I do it, right? And I never really agreed on how to do yeah. it. I just knew I wanted to do it. Um, and when I accepted that I was going to do it, I still didn't know how, I was fine. And I was happy. And it was, you don't like set yeah, a day, yeah. but you'll, you'll be like, yeah, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. And as soon as you accept that with yourself, you become free because nothing can hurt you now. You're about to face the mm. worst thing in the world. <laughs> nothing can hurt you. Um, and it's, it's obviously horrible to hear, but it's, it's what people go through. And that's how I felt. It's, so, inter- but, it's interesting it, that mm. because you, uh, you, were planning when, you were planning when to do it, but you didn't know how to do it. Mm. So it's like, do you know, you're it, saying yes, but you're also saying no. Uh, like what? What would you? Do you think if you if you knew what you were gonna do, do you think that would have I, been different? I, I was two seconds away from doing it. Yeah. We lived on a three-story uh, flat, and I was stood up on the balcony. I used to go out there for a smoke, mm. and that's how I was gonna do it. And the only, th- it's really deep. I hope my missus doesn't actually listen to this. The only thing that stopped me was our bed was next to the door to the patio. And I seen my missus head through the window. It's mad. Mm. It is, it's... Literally. And that's why wow. I said there's a very, and it's, I feel really shit saying this because people are going to listen, but it's a fine line. And it's that split second. Because if I didn't look to my right at that mm. second, I would have jumped. Yeah, and I mean that like I had it in my head I was gone and it was that split second where I looked to my right seeing her and all of a sudden these thoughts came in my head saying she's going to find yeah. she's going to find me there I can't do that to her I love her you know what's what's my mom going to do my missus is going to have to ring my mother and tell her that he's dead all this stuff that you don't think about you don't care about doesn't come into your head that came into my head at that split second but you all know of a sudden crazy? I'm down when you, when you get into that situation you think of yeah. so many ways to do it mm. And like, yeah, because nobody, nobody has, nobody has a preferred way of dying. Yeah. No, like realistically, everyone would love to grow old and die of, of old age, right? But even that's scary. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people, people can't say, "Oh, I'd love to be fucking stabbed." Nobody would love to be stabbed. Nobody would love to jump off a building. Nobody, you know, it's it's a it's a weird thing. Have you ever like people say it's a coward's way out, right? of of killing yourself and i i understand where they're coming from because of all the hurt that they're leaving behind them but do you know how much balls you have to have to kill yourself to actually hurt yourself it's a big it's you're 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 but you're humanly built you're built not to survive you're built to not harm yourself not let yourself have harm 
Mm. So in th- there's two ways of looking at it. Um, but in terms of I, when I say have the balls, I mean, at that stage, you oh, it's not that yeah. you're brave. You just don't care. You don't care anymore. You have no regard for yourself. And the only thing that saved me was having regard for people around me. It wasn't about myself. I didn't yeah, care. There's a massive, obviously, a massive ripple effect as well. So has, it, I think obviously that doesn't come into mm. come into context for me personally. When whenever I hear, you know, someone's committed, so it, it does. It, I ain't gonna lie. It breaks my heart, sort of thing, to think that someone's got to mm. such a place where they think yeah. that that there's yeah. not someone to talk to, yeah. not someone to fall back on. Like, yeah, that's I. I mean, I I'll push it out to anyone, like literally anyone. If anyone needs anyone to speak to. Jesus, my, you know, our DMs are always open sort of thing, but you don't have to be a, a face-to-face conversation, it just be a text because texts are sometimes easier than obviously mm. calling people and stuff like that. Mm. Absolutely. People, people, I know most people um, mm. are much more outgoing by text because they're not socially mm. that good, like being talking face-to-face. So text is a, is a massive thing nowadays um, and it gives them a platform to open up through words without saying them and you know but ads ads what's your what's your take on it what's your, what are you saying yeah well i think that's the uh it's, it's easy to say it on text and um but actually coming out and saying it is is mm. harder i think that's that's part of the reason i was hesitant yeah. to doing this um because yeah. even when i talk about my situations like even now like it just mm. it's, it's, it has me on edge like mm. um, yeah I've had two sort of experiences. One similar to Jordan, um, my my like uh, granddad, who was probably my closest grandparent. Really, he uh, went through cancer at one point as well. Um, and I think the deterioration, yeah. the, the seeing someone deteriorate in that sort of sense, mm. is the worst thing about it. It's not so much yeah. the death in a weird way. It's yeah. seeing them go through the the changes in their physical state. Mm-hmm. especially from what given like what you knew them like what they were yeah. and how yeah. you saw them um and like he was probably one of my closest grandparents he used to pick me up from school every day and he used to take me to training and stuff we used to watch my football matches and seeing him go from what he was to to eventually what cancer brought him to was was damaging to me like there was a few instances where i had a game down at Collierswood away i was playing a game on the saturday literally like 30 minutes into the game. That's mm. all I could think about was, that was him at the time. Mm. And I remember just breaking down in the game. I just couldn't play. I really? Go, I had to go straight. Yeah, I had to go straight home. He was in a, he was in a like care centre because he got so bad at some point. Mm. Um, so I used to go see him pretty much every day. And then till the day, obviously, he went. Seeing him like there dead and stuff was, was pretty mad for me, really. Mm. Um, and that took a probably a big toll on me, really. Um, and sent me into sort of an area which I didn't really sort of expect. How old were you um, at? I think I was about nineteen, twenty mm. at the time, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. Um, yeah. But it was that was that was quite deep, really, because I've had grandparents die right like randomly and stuff, and obviously they've been from Liverpool, so I've not seen them as much. But he he lived around the corner, so it was more seeing him mm. every day was more of a connection, yeah. really. Um, mm. And because he was quite like me and everything he he said and did, it's sort of I related to him a lot. Um, I looked up to him, but that obviously yeah. took a massive like hit on me. But it's hard. To, I didn't really have like a closure to it. Really, um, I still think about him now, obviously. But it's something you just have to get come to terms with over the the years you live. You sort of mm. get used to it, really. And 
but yeah, it's just the process of seeing that sort of go that cancer unfold yeah. really is a bit mad. It's something like mm. you obviously it's can't crazy. explain. So someone just found the My my granddad had pancreatic cancer and he was my hero. Like he was such a legend, like um and mm. the same thing with you ads, it was literally seeing this strong man who could do everything and anything. He was your hero. All of yeah. a sudden become weak and fragile and skinny and yellow <laughs> like he turned yellow from yeah, it yeah yeah um that's that's what sticks with me as well from it um you know it's it's one of those it's nearly traumatizing mm. in a way because that's you have so many great memories with this man but that's what you think of first when you think about him sometimes um, yeah, and, and sometimes you'd rather just then just they just go like instead of actually going through that process mm. same with like dementia and stuff as well it's like because you see the way they the, like mm. disease, it's 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 pretty, it's mad to think really. But um, yeah, that wasn't really yeah. like a, it affected me. But it was the the sort of the second instance I had was was probably the one that's really like put me into a place. Um, that was that was the worst situation I've had really. I've really expected. I didn't think it would actually happen. Um, that was about I think it was twenty eighteen to, to like two or three years ago. Um, mm. So recent, quite recently. Yeah, I was. It's fairly recent, yeah. But I don't really talk about it. I've not really told anyone um, that I know really, so I was, mm. didn't really want to come on here and say it. But um, obviously, I spoke to my. Well, it's up to you. It's up to you, man. You know, it's a, if um, share whatever you want to share. Don't feel like you have to, you know. But yeah, I mean, from experiences, it does help talking about these things. And like you said, it might help someone, you know, yeah. that's going through the same thing. So it's completely up to you, you know. Mm. So it was like three years ago, I think it was, <clears throat> 2018. We were coming back from like a family holiday sort of thing. Um, after Christmas, we went to Iceland with my rents and a mate. I won't name him. Um, but yeah, it was me, my dad, mum, sister and him in the car. Um, and we, we'd finished the holiday, got off the plane. It was like eight o'clock. We were just coming back from the airport, ran me, went to get McDonald's. It was all good, like happy, like, happy family and that. Mm. Um, so my parents probably won't want to want to hear me listen to this. To be fair, but um, <clears throat> yeah, we were coming back in the car through a sort of Sunbury Way and that um, near Richmond, and we were like having like a laugh in the car and stuff. And my dad started laughing at a joke, which my mum did, and um, he started coughing like having a fit in the car, and then he like sort of. Um, he sort of like passed out in the seat. Wow! And it was quite yeah. It was he passed out in the seat when he was driving. Obviously, the car's automatic, so it's it's going quick. Mm. And as we went over like a sort of a speed bump thing, we were going at like like a slow pace. Obviously, when you go pass out in the seat, your like weight yeah. goes down onto the the accelerator. So mm. the car the car sped up. We must hit about thirty, forty, fifty. Four-ish, and flew across the road. Um, there was a bus coming the other way as well, and like my mom had to swerve the car because he had no control because he was like completely gone in the seat. And we like hit a curb and flipped into a wall, and the whole sort of car flipped to the side into a bus stop. Um, some lady was getting off the bus, so he got hit by it as well. But, um, well. Yeah, we uh, obviously after the crash, I got out of the car, just just jumped out like there was steam and stuff, like airbags, 
yeah, but I keep me in my face. I had to protect my sister because I was in the middle seat. Mm. Jumped out the car and had to try and see what my dad was was like. He had no like clue at all when he was getting out. Like he had he had no clue what happened. Like just the just the blare. Mm. Um, and yeah, we had a we had a massive crash there, and that he still didn't have a clue what was going on. Um, and that was something that I experienced that I didn't ever think in my life. Hmm. Like looking like as a child, like looking up towards what I could plan my life as, I didn't ever think that something like that would actually happen in my life to experience that kind of. I wouldn't say adrenaline is the word, yeah, but hard, like a near death experience. Mm. Like you, you can't always, plan for that. You always <laughs> picture these things, like you always think, "What if?" or like, "What would it be like to be in that situation?" Mm. Um. Mm. Until I actually witnessed it in in that in that incident, yeah. and that to this day was the maddest thing I've ever like had to go through in my life. Like, I remember mm. I can remember so many points of it, like just like, hearing the noises so vividly. Hearing the noises vividly, seeing the you see, you see like you see like a slipstream though. You like when you where the cars are speeding up, and because I'm in like the middle seat, I picture all this as like a. Mm. Mm, a sort of cinema way. So yeah. I'm, I'm, it's like I'm watching a movie, if you see what I mean. Mm. And like, I'm getting out of the car, I'm seeing sirens. There's, it's, it's like madness, what I experienced. Um, I like smacked my head on the side of the seat. Um, the I just I remember just getting out of the car and seeing, seeing my dad dazed and um, all these people running around, like, and just seeing the car there, seeing the police a lot. It was, it was crazy. Mm. Um, and I remember after the like a after the week after the the accident, probably the worst time I've ever had in my life. Yeah, where I was just every day I used to sit there. I used to see like visions of the crash. I used to hear noises. I couldn't even go past the spot that that it happened at. I had to go around it whenever I whenever mm. I was going anywhere. I used to keep hearing these things, and it came to a point where, like me as a person, I literally. I couldn't continue with life. Like I fully thought I had to like, there was mm. nothing I could do to like get myself out of the situation. Like it's such a weird feeling when you're in that, in that position mm. that like you experience something like that. Um, was it, it was it the, it was just, you were thinking like that because of how you felt emotionally or because you thought this, this is never going to go away. Yeah. Was it a case of you were traumatized and, you just felt terrible. You didn't know how to get rid of it. Or was it a case of you just lost all feeling for anything? You just wanted to get out I, of it. I literally, I lost feeling for anything. Like mm. I used to sit there every day, just depressed, just crying. And I couldn't, I mm. couldn't get this picture on my head. I used to have nightmares every night. Like this mm. happened for like two or three, four weeks. Um, I went to, yeah. a, I went, eventually I went to a council after, after like a few weeks because, mm. I just couldn't deal with it and I had, to, I had to do that to try and free my mind. Originally, I was against yeah. it because I don't like talking to about any, anybody about my feelings and mm. I'm quite closed off. I'm not really an emo emotional person like that, but my mum said yeah. I, had to, I had to go to just try and sort it out because it got to a stage where I literally, like you, I was literally, I was so close to just ending my life. Like, whenever I was, yeah. I was in a car driving, I literally had the idea that I would, in a weird way, I just felt like, putting mm. my, my pedal down full into like a wall or something like 
yeah. it's weird because it's a reverse reaction yeah. to having like a crash and then wanting to mm. go through that again. But like, mm. I felt that was the way of me like ending my life by yeah. doing by doing something like that, just like flying into something. Mm. Um, but I went to a counselor at the end of it, um, three or four weeks on. Um, obviously, I had PTSD, um, yeah. depression and stuff. But in a way, that kind of did help me because does um I, does certain things trigger that nowadays ads like then like, talking memories about, talking about it now and stuff I I still do get like mm. I, it does make me on earth and like on edge and stuff yeah right? but but I like, would would certain sounds or certain you know um I don't know visual visuals would that trigger anything for you or is that kind I, of a if case I, if I thought about it I, it would trigger it yeah like. If I'm if I'm driving a car and I hear the engine, I, it doesn't it doesn't really it doesn't really trigger it. But like, I will. There was there was occasions where I'd, I'd think about it like just randomly for like two three minutes. Mm. That's but not that's normal though. That's normal. Yeah. That's, but it that's, I think I think that's quite healthy. It, it wouldn't send me to the point of where mm. like I'd I'd go and do something because of that. If you see what mm. I mean. Yeah, it's not a direct I, correlation. That's what I mean. There's healthy, there's healthiness to that as well, and it again, it comes down to the acknowledging that it's there and it's not going away, but you know yeah. how to handle it and you know that it's not gonna, it's not gonna kill you. You, you well, have so control like of it. Can, mm. I've got a sort of, or, or you, I've got sort of control of what's what's mm-hmm. happening. So yeah, I'm yeah. sort of, I'm not, I'm not gonna go through of what I want to do because I've gone through that stage. Yeah, but like going to that counselor. It definitely. I wouldn't say it's, it's cured me. If if you see what I mean, it helped. It helps you though. A hundred percent. I managed to free myself out of that situation I was in. Mm. Yeah. From through going to him and speaking, because yeah. when you go and speak to someone like that, like some people they do understand. It with friends or some people see someone mm. random, but I always see. I'd always. I'd always shed my thoughts. I didn't want to shed my thoughts to my mum or my dad. I mm-hmm. did at times, but I wouldn't want to shed it to anyone else either. Unless it was you don't want to put that know. burden. It, for me, it was. I didn't want to put that burden on someone else. I'm dealing you know, with what was, I'm dealing with. That. It was it was more my my thought yeah. that I didn't want to go and, and make that public. Or I didn't want to. Mm. I didn't want to say it to someone. Be vulnerable. Like you didn't want to be vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what so it is. I felt like it's like I was. If you go to a counselor, it's like I was talking to a wall. So I yeah. was talking back to myself, but I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Or like there was no say, judgment. Was talking, there was no it's judgment. Like was to, it's like I was talking to God in a in a cliche way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. because they were they were going through things. He was going through things with me for like. I think a lot. I think I did it for about eight eight weeks or so, um, and he was going through the motions like what psychologists do or whatever, and it made me speak about it and it sort of freed me from that position, um, and that that helped a lot. Just going to speak to him, someone I didn't know. So mm. when you're in that situation, I think that's a that's a key that's a key part of of I guess curing yourself in a just, way. Yeah, because they mm. obviously they don't speaking have to someone any sort of like random. So they don't, there's no. So you're not going to see connection. them on a yeah, no, no, every day the or they're yeah, not going to be on, absolutely. you know, whatever. So there's no, yeah, there's no sort of connection. Mm-hmm. So if their judgment, their judgment is basically just gone sort of thing. Exactly. Opening up to a really close friend is really tough because they have a perception of you and you know what perception they have of you. By doing that yeah. and opening up, that jeopardizes what how they see you. And you want your best friends to see you in the best possible light. Um, they still will, but your thoughts by going to someone and opening up is that you'll be weak, that you'll be chatted about as weak. They'll pity you. They'll nurture you 
in a pity way and you don't want that because you feel like you're strong enough you don't need it so I understand what you're saying with the counsellor definitely makes sense because they have no judgement on you before they're seeing you how you are and what where you're at yeah. right now it's like it makes a big difference paper. that's mm. what it's like yeah and you get it's all your thoughts out and then it also it also helps because you talk about you talk in depth about yourself as well yeah. so it's mm. like you, till, you kill two birds with one stone you, yeah. you have the, the issues and you also have Obviously, you're, in, you're in a way, yourself. in a way, you're curing yourself, I suppose, from that from that mental state of mind because you're given a platform to speak yourself into sense and to see, make yeah, yourself yeah. see the light. I mean, uh, in a way, slightly, yeah. slightly put it into topic, perspective. I mean, it goes by the name, and um, like how many how many times have you been? Because makes happens, sense, makes sense. But when I was in school, <laughs> and you'd be sitting there and you're looking at a maths question, and it does not make sense to you, and then you'd. Then you'd ask, <laughs> Oi, don't ask talk to me about numbers. Could you oh read this God. out to me? Once they mm. read that question out to you, it all becomes clear. I think that's what we mm. do as well, is that when it's all in our heads, yeah. all much, the yeah. best analogy is like when you see a pool of water, for example, and there's there's uh, rain in a, in a pool of water, you can't, it's not clear. You can't see through it because you've got obviously the ripples and everything else. And I think once you once you then let mm. that out and it comes out of your mouth and you're, you're, you're basically just, you know, offloading sort of thing that water then becomes obviously calm and more clear and you can you can mm. easily see through so i think for me personally i know i've identified a couple of people that i know that i can talk to they are close friends and i know that i can talk to because likewise they'll do exactly mm. the same back to me so we have that sort of that that mutual yeah thing. that's and massive at, at the time when i'm it's when massive I'm in those sort of moments mm. and i'm feeling like that i won't you know to pick up the phone and then i'll message it and whatever but I know afterwards I'll go, you know what, yeah. I had a really shit day yesterday sort of thing, and then talk to him about it. Because I know when I'm going through that sort of thing, it's like, you mm. know what, I'm going to come out of this and yeah. I'll find, you know, find out why I would kind of felt that way, what I could do about it. Mm. Yeah, it's really important. I had my, my best, best mate, grew up with him, um, text me after he found out about all these things I was going through. And we're not ones, me and him, never ones mm. for being, you know, lovey bros. Like, you know, the way lads have like bromance. We're like, we were just best mates. And, um, literally it was, it was a message where he was just like, Dan, like, I had no idea that you were going through any of that. Like, you know, and it was just a case of him saying, look, man, I'm only a text away whenever you need it. Anything, anytime, any place, you know, um, the old cliche, but it was true. And you can tell when mm. someone means it. And that is life saving. That is actually life-saving for somebody to say that to somebody, whether they realize it or not. They are they could possibly save a life. And it doesn't matter who it is. You could talk to a randomer. You could go up to a random person and say, are you okay? All of a sudden, that changes their yeah. day. That, that helps them in some way. It's crazy what, what people's actions can do for other people is incredible. And it's just one selfless act. It's not even selfless. It's just a, yeah, an act of, of kindness, of care. And we, people don't do it as often as we should. And I don't understand why. The easiest thing to be and the cheapest thing to be in this world is nice and caring. It costs nothing. And it feels good. It feels good helping others. So why don't we do it? Text your best mate. Text your mate. If you, if you haven't heard from him for a while, give him a text. Say you all right, mate. I've been thinking about you. You never know what they're going yeah. through. You don't know what they're going to text back. 
and you might be surprised mm. how much of a difference you can make yeah. by just asking that no, question. I yeah, I totally agree with that. It's, it's, it's yeah. crazy. And I think mental health, obviously, as a term, is is one of those things that is a bit. It's such a yeah, it's such a taboo. It's one of those things that. Mm. Unless, I mean, even unless mm. you're going through it, you don't quite understand because obviously everyone's situation is completely different. So I then, still don't understand it, if so I'm honest. Question, I understand what I went through, but I was gonna say, the so term I mental health is everything. Do you reckon the term mental health is used too loosely? Uh, it's, hard to, it's, it's hard to put a fact, it's hard to put like a an actual like sort of fact on that, but... Um, like the way I see it, I do. Mm. You can't. You can't tell what someone's going through. This is the problem. But I do think it's a bit. It's like it's it's glamorized nowadays too much. Um, mm. I still think people flaunt it about a bit too easily. Um, they complain about the odd thing, but like, um, you could have the odd issue through daily life. You could be like pissed off because you can't do something, and I think people do sort of use that as a way of saying, "Oh, my mental health shit." Or I've got this and that, but it's hard to sort of say whether it is because mm. you don't know what someone's going through. They might be going through something worse or something that actually is bad. But mm. if you are actually glamorizing it, it is that's a, that's pretty bad because it's it's a different ball game when yeah. you're actually going through something really like crazy when you're in that situation. Mm. It's a funny one because it's in a way it's really good, right? Because a lot more people are coming out and are happy to talk about how they're feeling on social yeah. platforms and that, and that is absolutely brilliant. However, there is times where people take advantage of that mm. when it becomes a thing of people getting uh, 200k likes on Twitter for coming out and being brave. Brilliant. Like fashion so happy. Yeah, I'm so happy for you. However, unfortunately in this world, there are people who take advantage of social situations and statuses. And they do, like anything else, use that to gain a platform or to, you know, get some attention. Um, which, what? how can you tell? Fuck knows. We can't. But the stigma around it is, is, is that, you know, it's not talked about enough. Now it's being talked about an awful lot. So that's a great thing for me. I don't See, think there's me, any negatives to there's, it. There's a thing I saw on Twitter. I think it was the first lockdown. And when I say my blood was boiling, I, uh, it was something else. Um, so there was a picture, obviously, Captain Ton, rest in peace and all that. Um, he was on one side. They used his picture one side. Mm. And then they used Sam Smith crying because I think he'd done like a live or something where he's sitting on a step where he was crying. And yeah. and the caption underneath was, yeah, one's yeah. a hero and uh, one's a crybaby or something like that it was. And then after underneath that, it was, you know, one's a hero, he's doing mm. what he can for the NHS and everything else, and then one's sitting in his five million pound mansion crying about that he, he can't handle um that he can't handle lockdown. Mm. For me, that is by far one of the shittest posts I've ever seen on Twitter. Mm. Doesn't matter whether you as I said before, it doesn't matter mm. whether you're in a fucking shoebox, a two bedroom house or a fifteen yeah. million pound mansion, you're still going through exactly the same fucking experience. Yeah, literally. So literally. Yeah. Do not that it pisses me off so much that that people are like yeah. People get judged. People yeah. get judged by their status, by where they are at life. You shouldn't be yeah. happy if you're rich and famous. You shouldn't. Yeah. You, should, you shouldn't be unhappy. That's the that's the thought, right? Because people who don't have money are unhappy about not yeah. having money. 
So they think oh, the be all yeah. and end all is having money and they will be happy. Um, so mm. when we, when, when us as poor people, not me personally, but in, as a, as a category, see a millionaire in his $5 million house mansion crying about having to stay in his $5 million house mansion, that pisses people off because they're in a much better situation then and they're unhappy. How can you be unhappy? People fail to see the other side of things. And the thing about mental health is it like no. doesn't know who you are. It doesn't give a fuck who you are. It affects everyone if you let it or if, if, you've, if you're in that circumstance. Yeah. It doesn't you know, know the journey. That, that Sam Smith thing. Like mm. if you actually break it down and make it basic, yeah? He's a guy living in a house who sings. Who sings. And you have someone who's living in a smaller house yeah. that, that could be singing like on a, on a theatre or something. Yeah. Like the only difference is the monetary value. This, yeah. So how it's mad how people perceive it in that way. That's what I mean. We don't, we don't see superstars as humans. We see them as icons and statuses. We don't think about them being real human beings with human emotions. We don't have Man, you ever thought have you ever thought about how Ronaldo feels behind closed doors? He could be depressed as fuck. We never thought yeah, about exactly, that. We don't yeah, care about that. That's the media thing where people think, oh no, he's probably happy. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. But it's it's crazy because money is just money is just thin air. It is just thin air yeah, and it is yeah, it's a fake yeah, social is. concept. Money has led to more problems than most. But then, but then it, it defines apparently it defines like the mental health of someone who sings over a big house yeah. and someone who sings yeah. like amateurly in a small the thing, house. The thing about that is that the problem that Sam Smith would have there is not a big problem to the person who's had to grind their whole lives and survive. It's because they're in different circumstances. Sam mm. Smith is mm. upset because his way of life has now been rocked and that's affecting him mentally in that way. To the same extent that something to a lesser extent to him would affect somebody in that other position way more than it would Sam because it's different lifestyles but we don't see that we look at the lifestyle and say you can't be you can't be upset I'm here with 600 quid a month and you're on 15 million a year what like mm. or per month and you, you you don't deserve to be unhappy how can you be unhappy but people I think people like yeah. just and that's what people think, think. Because they're looking at their lifestyle and how they're living. Sam, so for example, Sam Smith used to live in, in a five million pound house. Mm. We are used to living in two bedroom houses or whatever. Mm. So then, why is that that the, the scenario doesn't change? Because mm. I remember what did I see? Um, someone said about uh, everyone's going through exactly the same storm. Just other people might be in bigger boats. You know, or at the end of the day, if you if you want to speak to someone, it could be obviously either any of us. Our DMs are open. You know, our our accounts are obviously on. Um, the off topics Instagram uh, and Twitter. So if you want to DM us, by all means, um, let us know. You know, we, I'm sure we'll, we'll all be. You know, we'll find time in the day to to help anyone out. Um, but it has obviously, guys, got to that point in the show where we rate our vexes. So, boys, what sort of vexes we got to th- uh, this week? Yes. Dan? Right, mate. Listen. This is really important now, right? And I swear to God, <laughs> if any of you disagree with what I'm about to say, I'm quitting the podcast no, and I'm now, blocking you from all social media platforms. <laughs> all right? Do not... Don't come back to me, okay? People who make their tea with milk first, do not... Don't even, don't even <laughs> attempt to tell me there's any other way to make yeah, it. that's illegal. I'm that's sorry. Illegal. I am telling you now... Right, 
if I see if I could know someone five years, right? And if I see you making a cup of tea with milk first, I will I'll exit your life. I am not around oh, anymore. No. Simple as. Vince, don't even try it. <laughs> John, don't don't even try and tell me you make it. Quiet, yeah, shall I tell you right? If Vince I'm actually does it, how it? do you make how do you make your tea? Vince. Wait, no, wait. You gotta hear me out. Don't you gotta hear me out. No, right. Nah, Vince, so I'm telling yeah, you now. I'll have tea and toast. Wait, I'll have tea and toast, it. it? Sometimes oh, the toast no, is done no, no. before the kettle, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I buttered the toast and I've obviously got the milk and the butter out. So I buttered the toast already and the milk's sitting there. And I'm thinking, fuck it. I might as well just put the don't, milk in. So, it? So, so, don't say it, it, don't I don't say do it all the time, obviously. That's but, poor planning. That's what? poor planning. Yeah, milk in first, put... I don't drink the tea, though, but we'll <laughs> get to that in another week. <laughs> another week. <laughs> It's not oh, all the time. Cool, it's not normal. Anyway. I can't be having that. I can't be having that. No, you're not human. You got, to put, you got to put that water in. Leave it for two, three minutes. Yeah, you got to stir it. As soon as you put that water oh. in, again. you need some organisation in your life, Vince. You, this is so unorganised. Right, your, your daily breakfast routine is said, well out of shape. I don't drink the tea. How are you? How are you not put? Oh my god, man. <laughs> Bro. So you just make tea <laughs> to look I at it. I make tea to dunk my biscuits. Just for just for show. Nah. Oh, you're taking the piss. You don't even drink the tea. Oh, I'm done. I'm done. I'm what, done. What am I listening to right now? I, that's probably worse. That's actually, I'd rather you make it with milk and drink it. I think I found my Vex. Oh, my my Vex is Vids. My, my Vex this week is Vids. My Vex is Jordan. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, ads, go on then. What are we saying? I have to say, oh, my vex oh. this week oh, it has got to yeah. be masks. Yeah? Masks on the floor. Ah, oh, okay, okay. Walk, every time I go out for the dog walk, the dog grabs mm. at least two or three masks. I'm going to see now is masks. It's pissing yeah. me off. And you know what the worst thing is? For some reason in my head, I have this thing that yeah. if there's masks on the floor, I'm going to see them in the ocean soon, isn't it? There's definitely so, there's definitely a lot in the ocean. There's gonna be a massive pollution of masks mm. in the ocean, hundred percent. I don't understand it because people are dropping masks that aren't even just the blue ones. Like, do you know, I've never I've ones, never understood that. I never understood that though. Like, if I was in public, I would be embarrassed to drop a mask on the ground because. Yeah, how do you drop a mask? That, your, that's what I mean. Your face in your pocket. <laughs> how do you drop it? Dad, tell him. I actually you can't answer it. I if can't you've answer got a it. Fabric one. Why are you building the fabric one? I don't know, <laughs> mate. It wasn't me, mate. Do you not have tomorrow? To... <laughs> when you go out tomorrow, yeah, when you go out tomorrow, you'll see the mask on the floor and you'll realise the same thing. What about there's tons? There's adds, tons. Adds, I have to ask because there's <laughs> going to be a lot of people wanting to know. Has that pothole been um, been sorted out yet? The pothole, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to do a video the other day, but they've. Uh... So imagine this. It wasn't even a pothole. <laughs> they covered a grate. They covered a grate, which is used to open to get water, wow. and they put they put tarmac on a grate. Oh yeah. no! You know those grates that are in the road yeah. that you go over. Imagine they put tarmac in there. Whoa. What idiot puts tarmac over a grate <laughs> that you need to open up again? Oh no! So they they completely flopped their logic because they've not even done a pothole. They've done a, they've done a grate. <laughs> and you know the worst thing is, I don't even think they took that away. I think that just eroded away the cars. <laughs> There's, there's bits of tarmac everywhere. I'm going to take a video. The, the pothole conspiracy I'll continues. I'll show you, I'll show you the, the incident. Exactly we need so to see it. I have this idea in my head. Was. 
I have this idea in my head of what it is. Wait we you, need wait to see, you see it. What they covered. Wait till you see what you cover and you'll be angry as well. Because it does your OCD. We need to see it. So you're so, you're so um, aggressive when you speak about it. It's so funny. He's so passionate. Yeah, yeah. Monday he really morning, cares. Monday morning, I'll have a video up. Monday morning, <laughs> off topic, there'll be a video up of this, this quote. Mate, we'll, oh. see. Right, we'll see. See, everyone's going to touch I this love one it. Now, yeah. I love it. It happened to me the other day, actually. Empty car park, yeah? And you park. Someone decides to come park right next to you. Do you know how <laughs> I hate that? That is annoying, bro. The whole car. Park, Why? Why is that annoying? The whole car park. You decide to park right, not a space that away from that. mine, like literally right next door to me. So yeah, when when like, when they pull up next to you, you just four look at acres them. to park. You, just you park next to me. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what it's like? You know what it's, it's like when you're on the, the bus. Same thing with buses. Yeah, the bus yeah. is the same. When thing. you're on the bus and some there's loads of seats and some guy just comes and sits next to you, you're like, "What? Yeah, <laughs> hold on a minute." No, you know the worst one. I used to stick my bag next to me, innit? I used to yeah. think, oh, I saw this. This is my bag seat, and, and someone just stands there and looks at you. I'm like, "Who oh, <laughs> used to tell me to fall asleep, trying to act like we're sitting with people on the bus? It's mad." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, Man, uh, snoring every bus stop. That. <laughs> that is funny. Oh, oh, yeah. uh, right. What are we saying? What are we saying? What are we rating the vexes? Who who do we think? Personally, I'm in you know oh, I'm in shock about the T vids, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> I know. think I think I don't think nah. being a vex is the winner. I think just vids is disgrace on the T. Yeah, no, Vids, you're you're done out here, Vids. You're done out here. No, you're gone. That's, that's it. This is you're T-gate. gate, isn't it? T gate. <laughs> if i ever see you like you're not invited to my home if you make tea that way you're not invited to my house i don't want you around me i'm sorry you're a psychopath that's worse that means you're you're a personality disorder it's just i don't drink it anyway (laughs) i don't drink it when i make people no you're gone (laughs) you're done out here That's even more tapped. That's even, That's more even yeah, no, listen, you're digging. Like, did, you, Ed, did, you hear, did you hear the way he said that? Trying to justify it, trying to make it sound like it's a normal thing. I don't know how, I don't know how he's, I don't know how he's trying that. Vids is going to ring me tomorrow and he's going to be like, that wasn't me, that was Patricia. That's exactly what he's going to say. You may as well just warm milk up. Uh, you might, yeah, you might as well just pour a glass milk of milk with, and just uh, dip your cookies in them. Dip your tea biscuits into them. I have to say, I'm with you. I'm I'm a warm milk guy, breakfast guy. What um, every every cereal that that gets on a lot of people's nerves. I won't lie, but no, 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 uh, no, 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 every cereal, no. shreddies, cornflakes, frosties, Weetabix, everything. Yeah, yeah. If it's not warm milk, I won't eat it. The crunch. Lads, we'll be talking about the crunch of crisp soon. Interesting <laughs> <Yeah>. topic. <laughs> Next week's topic sorted, lads. Well done. <laughs> Right. Anyway. Uh, <sighs> pretty good episode hopefully mm. someone watching this um can see how it how our experiences have have helped us but also how we've got through them and how we've dealt with them hopefully it's some it's some it's a valuable episode to someone um don't forget to like and, and support the page remember to follow our instagram on off underscore topic podcast and our twitter at off topic underscore cast <laughs> <laughs>